0: So usually in our little uh, little podcast slash YouTube foray into TV, we watch older stuff. But uh, for this week, it's a, kind of a new show. Although nowadays, shows get burned through so quickly because they don't even release them week to week usually. Like they get released all at once. So even though this show is only like two months old, everyone's done with it. No one's talking about it anymore. <laughs> it might as well be over. But I finally started watching it, and uh, it's better than I thought it would be. So this is uh, The Sandman, which... I don't know if you remember much about this comic, because this was way back. But basically, I don't have any notes about this week, because I don't need them. I I know the story of The Sandman, where back in the 90s, I worked at a comic shop, and basically... It was like two of us that worked there, the main guy, the manager, he was the superhero guy. He was the guy who read Justice League and Thor and blah, 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 Green Lantern, all that, Superman, all this shit. And the whole reason I got hired is because I'm the guy who read the Sandman, you know? like I'm the guy who read the other stuff, the non-superhero stuff, which I remember kind of, because this is a small enough city, it really did frustrate the other nerds of this town because they would bring in resumes all the time and stuff. But it's like, yeah, but you read Thor. You read Spider-Man. We don't need you. <laughs> you know, the main manager guy. He was basically the comic book guy from The Simpsons. He had that down. So it was like, if you want to talk about about Superman, you come in during the week. And if you want to ask a question about some fancy pants, art comics, you come in on the weekend and talk to Keith type of thing. is why I had that job. So it was kind of weird. It's like I worked at a comic store, even though the comic fans, I didn't deserve to work there. But it's because I didn't follow mainstream comics was the reason why i got that job anyway that's a digression but the the sort of masthead the figurehead of the kind of comics i read was the sandman because there's other stuff there's preacher and there's chester brown and mouse and like a million weird indie comics and weird stuff but sandman kind of kicked this off because to do a quick a quick recap of the entire history of north american comics you know, back in the day, there were, like, romance comics and war comics and uh, there was, like, horror comics, you know, the EC comics, with Tales from the Crypt and all that stuff. And then the Comics Code Authority started. I don't know when they started exactly, the 50s, I'm going to say, where it's like, we can't have our kids reading these comics about horror and stuff. And they just basically cleaved the industry. It just became superheroes. It's like, these Wait are for Wait a friends.
1: minute, what about Archie?
0: Yeah, and Archie Archie <laughs> survived. Archie was pretty... Uh, inoffensive so yeah Archie survived but but not much else besides Archie and superheroes because it was always surprising when you look at Japanese comics or European comics and they're about things they're about different topics and for some reason North America was only about guys in tights which ironically I'm more into now now that they make movies of this stuff with high budgets a lot of those Marvel movies are like pretty good but back in the 90s I could not give one fuck about somebody wearing their underwear outside of their pants and fighting crime, you know? (laughs) I thought it was dumb when I was a teenager, and I still think it's dumb. (laughs) We were just talking today about how dumb Batman is, like how inefficient it is to go out between the hours of 1 and 4 a.m. and hope you can catch a diamond thief and smack their heads together, you know? it's just
1: Now, I never said it was dumb. I just said I'm amazed that now those Batman t-shirts are out a whole generation later, and they're exactly the same as they were. Like the black shirt with the circle and the bat inside. That's it.
0: It's certainly dumb enough that it's weird that an entire genre of art would only be about this one thing. And the one thing is, I'm a super-powered person who fights crime. You know? It's like, we just take it for granted, because that's how North America is. But it was only because the Comics Authority, the Comics Code, came in. Same time as Reefer of Madness and all that stuff. Just people panicking over nothing. And artificially,
1: but a lot of those, a lot of those superhero comics started because of World War II, right? And you know, there was the hope that you could civilization, democracy would prevail. Yeah, a whole lot of those. When you think about it, Superman, uh, Batman, probably a little later, but a bunch of them. They're all set in Captain America. All those. They're all set in the. World War II and what people were facing. So yeah, I can see why a bunch of people would buy into that comic book genre because, hey, they were successful. They were heroes. They saved the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the DC comics started even before that. And then Marvel started somewhat after and brought it down to Earth a bit. Like the Marvel comics tended to be more, you know, like Spider-Man's a normal kid who has this secret identity, whereas the the DC ones were way more like Wonder Woman and Green Lantern and Superman. They're like gods, you know, yeah. it's a whole different thing.
1: But when you, I remember you bringing those Sandman comics home, though, and I read a few of those. They were certainly a whole different idea of what a hero would be.
0: Right. So basically, yeah, like, because, like, comics always should have been the way they are in the movies right now. Like, they're popular, they're there. But there's other kinds of movies. They're not just, like, imagine if every movie was about superheroes. That's what comic, the comics industry legitimately was like in North America. It's like either you read about these guys in their tights or Archie. Yeah. <laughs> and that or, was the or, only option. Or,
1: or there were always love comics. There was always love There, there, there wasn't,
0: comics. though. No, there wasn't.
1: Well, in the fifties, there was.
0: Yeah, exactly, and then the Comics Code got rid of them all.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, well, I remember I mean, reading a bunch when uh, in the sixties, the, the, and they were all they were like Harlequin romances.
0: Well, all those of them. those certainly did not exist in my lifetime.
1: And then there were the classic comics too. That were out in the 60s where they took novels and converted them into classic comics because we used to always use them in school to write book reports. Right. And that was a no-no if any teacher ever found out that you were using the classic comic book instead of reading the book. But hey, it was all in there. Why bother reading the book? They were excellent.
0: So yeah, the exact timeline of the various declines of these genres might change. But by the time you hit the 80s, there's nothing left. there's just superheroes that's all that there is and okay, uh, and art <laughs> and uh, even so there's still people that wanted to do more with comics you know that are like these don't necessarily just need to be for kids these this is a whole art form why are, why is why is this the shallowest art form that has ever existed so even the people that wanted to do more fancy stuff kind of had to do it within superheroes there was the dark knight returns was this famous batman comic or *Watchmen* was a famous superhero thing so these were like the grown-up stuff but it was still superheroes (laughs) you know and then there was mouse that art spiegelman comic that was surprisingly yeah bold for the time but very unusual so sandman came out in that environment where it was published by dc comics but everything else around it was a superhero and meanwhile, Sandman is super weird, super esoteric, because it's about the, you just take the concepts of, <laughs> the, the conceit was they all started with D. There was dream, death, desire, despair, destiny, destruction, and they're just personifications of those ideas. And the idea is they've been around since time immemorial, before people They'll be around after people. They're just around. They're not necessarily gods. They're not necessarily all that powerful. Their powers are very vague and indistinct, but they just are those things, and whatever powers they have are related to their place. But, of course, it's all connected to human, you know, emotions and shit. So it was a super-duper weird comic when it first came out because it's coming out alongside Superman and all this stuff, and people didn't know what to think about it, and people didn't know what to do with it. And basically, I think you can almost single-handedly sort of credit Sandman with kind of cracking comic books open and making them in the 90s more than just superheroes because by a little ways in, Sandman ran for about 70 issues, so they split it off from DC Comics. They started a separate company called Vertigo Comics, and Sandman was the first one under Vertigo, and then a bunch of other comics were published because they were... Just uh, not necessarily like Sandman, they just weren't superheroes, <laughs> they were just something else finally. After 20 years of just superheroes, almost all the time, there was this other thing. So I really think you can't, you can't uh, give Sandman too much credit, it's ridiculously influential. But also weird, just a weird comic, you know, like hard to recommend to people. <laughs> you know, I could tell people all day long that were buying these Thor comics like, hey, you should read the Sandman, but at a certain point it's like, should I even, are they even gonna care? If you're reading Thor in the first place, you probably don't care about the Sandman, you know? (laughs) And like, and that kind of, it always caught me in a weird spot too, where it's like, I don't mean to be the pretentious weekend guy, but I'm just legitimately not interested in 99% of what the comics industry is doing. And I am interested in this thing over here, this weird Sandman thing. But it all worked out for me because, yeah, like I said, that's how I got that job. I worked there for years. It was great. So anyway, fast forward several decades now, 20 years later or whatever, they made a Sandman TV show and they were always talking about a Sandman movie and I basically just the whole time I was just like, this is a bad idea.
1: I'm wondering the same thing.
0: Yeah, like even yeah, to try to... let off. Even to try to describe it, like it sounds, it sounds like airy and sort of flaky because it is. It's about personifications of abstract mm-hmm. concepts. That, and you sometimes know.
1: you can do that in a literary mode. But to actually put it into, like, a real-life mode, Mm, maybe.
0: Yeah, and that's why it was... Another thing that was great about Sandman is it was a great example of uh, things you can do in a comic book that you can't easily do in other things. Like, now that we have the budgets and we have the special effects, turns out you can do superheroes just fine in movies. We just couldn't before because we didn't have the money (laughs) and the technology. There's nothing about a superhero that... uh, it's not necessarily that helpful for it to be a comic besides the fact that it visually was appealing and you could sell it on a newsstand but the actual artistic take on it not not important for it to be a comic where the sandman it kind of was important because even if you wrote this as a book it's so much there's so much weird subtext and strange in between the lines stuff you can do in a comic cuz you know you're showing an image and you're you're showing one thing you're saying another thing but it all together in this neat way yeah basically i always just rejected out of hand the idea of a sandman movie it's like i hope they don't even try because why what are you gonna do like i couldn't even imagine it it's like this is just gonna be weird and bad and like i just i pulled up anchor and i'm like do whatever you want but i don't care so finally after all these years netflix did make a sandman show and i had the same attitude i'm like you know what i i ain't for it i ain't again it i just don't care i'm just not even i just can't imagine how this could be worth my time so i just ignored it and then my friend Brad, who I've known forever and is also into comic books, he told me he watched it. He didn't, like, give it the full two thumbs up, but he's like, yeah, you know, it was good enough that I, I didn't stop. I watched the whole thing. So I filed that away. I'm like, all right, that's not a, a ringing enough endorsement for me to run right out. and. But it's good to hear. At least it's not terrible. And then I just kept hearing about it from different places. Just a little, some guy would mention it here, some guy would mention it there. A lot of times people who never read the comic, they'd never heard of Sandman, but they didn't hate it. They're like, hey, this is kind of neat. So finally, I was like, all right, you know, that's enough. Um, I've heard enough not terrible things about this. And I I am kind of curious because it's just what a weird thing to do. So let me check this out. And the first four or five episodes, they were okay. They're pretty good, a little better than I thought they'd be, but nothing special. But then I thought back to the comic and I was like, you know, the comic also started off not that great because it was trying to straddle this line. It was like partially a superhero thing, partially a not superhero thing. It wasn't until later that it got its own imprint and got to just be a non-superhero comic that it became really good. So uh, basically the show turned a corner the same time that the comic did, which was the introduction of his sister death. Instead of it just being about the Sandman or uh, Dream... They introduce the sister death and that's the first of they start introducing all the siblings after that but it's noticeably better in the comic as soon as she shows up and the same exact thing happened in the show i was just kind of surprised because i was like yeah you know i'll watch this it's not the worst and then all of a sudden this one episode hit that i'm like wait a fucking second that was good <laughs> like that one was actually good and it kind of ties into what we've been doing lately sorry i'm just rambling on like this but uh how the last month we've been watching those old anthology shows, you know, the uh, One Step Beyond, The Twilight Zone, and The Outer Limits, and in a way this episode of The Sandman that suddenly was good it's kind of like that because they just took two issues of the comic and made a show out of it, so there's like two stories in this one episode, so it's similar in that way, it's like two little weird stories they're not about anything larger, they're not about any big overall plot it's just two weird little stories about a guy who is the ageless endless embodiment of the concept of dreaming (laughs) you know and uh so i was like yeah let's just watch that one because it was good it was actually not terrible and just again to shake things up a little we never do new shows so like hey why not
1: sure Let's see what they did with the Sandman.
0: So I guess the only thing uh, you need to know up to this point is, again, like I was saying, these characters aren't gods. Their powers are very—it's hard to say if they're, they're in some ways they're they're you know they're ageless and eternal, but in some ways they're not that strong. So what has happened up to this point is that these guys were trying to uh, summon death because they wanted to bring their dead kids. Their kids died in the war. It's these old guys get some magic books and they want to summon death to bring their kids back but they fuck up the spell and instead of death they get dream and then they don't know what to do with him so they just leave him in a magical container in their basement for a hundred years so (laughs) so at this point dream has been trapped for a hundred years and he's escaped from those guys so now it's the modern day he's been just out of action for a hundred years and uh, now he's, he's... And he's on the loose. Yeah, so now he's... Well, he's just trying to kind of get his... His realm is called the dreaming, which is, you know, where we go each night when we dream. It's kind of fallen apart because he's been gone for 100 years. So he's just kind of trying to get his shit back together. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... And then within that context, these two little weird stories happen. Okay. Uh, so, oh, yeah, and also for anyone who wants to watch along at home, <laughs> the show's on Netflix. And this is... Just got to double check, but I believe it's episode six. Yeah, it's episode six, The Sound of Her Wings. And uh, oh, that's the other thing. So, uh, you know, because this comic started in the late 80s, the Sandman himself, he, he kind of looks like Robert Smith from The Cure. But yeah, he's like very pale skinned, got this kind of cool mm-hmm. 80s hair. And they couldn't have picked a better guy. I don't know who this fucking guy is, but he fucking looks like the Sandman. <laughs> so.
1: I would think too, if anybody kind of gets into this stuff they should pick up the occasional comic book and read it because that was the original concept of it and uh, I do I don't remember details of them but I do remember when you brought them home reading them and thinking hmm these things are different it is still
0: too yeah it is one of those like it has it has um it's not, not as popular maybe as it was when it was coming out but it's uh it's always there, like any yeah. bookstore you go to, any yeah. library, they've always got the same. And
1: they're the kind of things, as, as I remember them, that you would read them once, but you always were go back and read them a second or a third time because every time you read them, there was a little more to them, Yeah, more depth.
0: And they're, yeah, they're just neat, too. I mean, it's like, I don't know that I could write a big... I even actually bought once, there was a big hardcover they put out called The Annotated Sandman where one page was the comic and the other page was all of the notes, the footnotes about it but I actually find that kind of boring because it really does dive into like, this is a reference to Calliope from blah, blah, blah. It's kind of better to not get yeah, that deep. Yeah, not
1: know that. Yeah, just
0: let it kind of wash over you because it does it ties into a lot of weird stuff. And, and uh, Neil Gaiman is still going to this day, he writes tons of stuff. And I believe he uh, co-wrote this show, which probably helps explain why it didn't turn out so bad. Still, it's weird. Despite how much I like this one episode, I still feel like this was a weird thing to do. I mean, it's a brave thing to do. If somebody asked me if I wanted to make a Sandman TV show, I'd be like, are you crazy? How do you even do that? But all things considered, it could have been a lot worse. And like I said, this one episode, I can give this, at least this one, double thumbs up. It's really cool. So, all right, let's watch it. So yeah, I just thought that was a, I thought that was a neat episode I, I, mean, I kind of dig it because Especially that second story, the Hobgadling one I mean, it was always one of the cooler issues of the comics, but yeah, just uh, going through all the different centuries and just seeing things slowly that, evolve They did
1: a good job, a very good job on that
0: Yeah, it was cool, and I mean, the death part was kind of neat too I mean, it was excessively morbid but that's how this comic always was too of just like, you know Dream is so, that's why I love that actor Like, if you just want to be like a dower because even the whole uh the whole thing with these endless is like at the end of the comics spoiler alert to anyone who might want to read them but this version of dream does die and gets replaced with a different one because he's just this hard-headed weirdo who refuses to change so i mean this actor really gets that across well but
1: yeah he's dour, he's dark he's handsome
0: He's got that weird British face, though, right, where it's yeah. like wide. <laughs>
1: yeah, but he's one of those characters that uh, you immediately like him. But he is definitely, he's like a tragic character.
0: Right. Well, that's one thing I find a little weird because they've they have time shifted this ahead a little. So it is, you know, like that guy who died at the start and is saying, like, oh, I just got to give my wife the code to my phone. So it is taking place in 2022. But the comics took place in the eighties and Dream fits way better in the eighties. His hair and his clothes and his boots. <laughs> like he's an eighties the cure emo guy. <laughs> but
1: I find this guy comes across as a he comes across as a twenties, twenties person too. You know, he's that the dark coat and he's got the dark hair. But it's mostly the expression on his face. He's just so dour.
0: I love, too, just those little moments where, like, there's a part where he's walking just through one of those little narrow European little alleys that's got places on either side. And, like, an old guy comes out of a building, and Dream tries to smile at him, just like, hey, maybe I can get along with the humans, but the guy is just creeped out by him. And just little stuff like that, like, what if some weird dream magical person was walking around you don't know that there's anything wrong with them but they just feel weird
1: and he comes across this actor comes across very good yeah as that like he's you know the the coat and the way he walks and uh, just the expression on his face yeah he's kind of like you'd kind of like to get to know him but then he's kind of a little off
0: yeah he's the only one in this show i'd say they really nailed but if you're going to nail one the main guy it's yeah. a good one.
1: Yeah, no, he, he was uh, it, he was good. It was good. It was far better than I thought it would be.
0: Yeah, and that's where, that's where, like I was saying, how back in like the 90s and the 2000s when they would talk about these ideas for a Sandman movie, and I was glad they never made one, the early-ish episodes of this show, way more like a normal show. Like he's trapped in that guy's basement, and then he's got to get out of the basement, and then he goes on this quest to regain his magical sigils and blah, blah, blah. And you know, it just feels like an adventure show, and it's it's okay. But what? It, but then this episode happened, and I was like, oh, you know, if they had made a Sandman movie, that's how you'd have to make it. Like just, just him, just dicking around, just hanging out with people and talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they gave just enough of an explanation as to what is going on, rather than like killing you with this stuff and explaining and explaining and just drilling it into you. There's just little hints at various points throughout the show that eventually at the end doesn't all fit there's there's (laughs) all kinds of little doors still open that you don't know the answer to but you've got little snippets of stuff and I like that rather than saying okay well let me explain to you now how this is and who these characters are and how they all fit together like even at the beginning when the girl came and sat on the bench with him she didn't say I'm death I'm there was no indication as to who she was they were talking along quite a bit and then i said well she must be the sister and
0: yeah and i guess you
1: said yes and then yeah. later a ball a soccer ball gets thrown and she catches it and and they and the human says your friend and she says no he's my brother right. but the, but there's no I've got to explain to you who I am, audience. I have to just lay it all out for you. There was none of that. It was all innuendo, and you just had to listen to pick up little clues as to what was going on, and that that makes a very successful show.
0: And it is kind of neat, too, because that is basically how the comic was, too, of just, uh, yeah, like a slow reveal. I remember it was a whole big thing of one of... He mentions it in this... uh, Have you heard from the Prodigal? Because they have this one sibling who took off, which makes it even more strange... Like, what is their purpose? What do they do? Because it turns out the... People were all like... They knew all the names started with D. So they were trying to guess who's the D that's missing. It turns out it was Destruction. But but what does that mean? Because if Destruction quit his job and left... It's not like there's no more wars, and you know nothing has changed. So it is the whole concept is so weird because these these beings don't do anything really. They they have no purpose, <laughs> but but it's just a neat lens to kind of pontificate. A, I, I
1: thought they did a very good job. Well, in I was going to say that to to live action.
0: I was going to say as far too as uh you know not. Um, putting everything on front street poor hob gadling right 500 fucking years he doesn't even know this guy's the sandman he doesn't know anything (laughs) i feel like they but
1: there's only at one point that the sandman actually sort of gives a clue as to who he is when he blows sand into that girl's eyes right from you know 1789 or whichever one it was and she collapses but up to that point he's not given any indication that he might be dreams or Sandman's or anything.
0: Yeah, I do feel like his uh, his story, the hobgadling story, is kind of the main. You know, if it was just the death half, I probably wouldn't have <laughs> brought this in because you know that was neat and kind of artsy and shit. But but it was the going through the different centuries was the really interesting part of this episode. And yeah, I love the, how uh, how slow the progression is, where he just is so happy about how by the 1400s the. Uh, the chimneys aren't filling the tavern full of smoke anymore but there's still fleas everywhere and it's like yeah you never really usually when you see weird old viking shows and stuff like they've sanitized it to make it fun you never talk about the fact that there's fleas everywhere or that first version of the tavern in the 1300s there's just like a goat inside (laughs) because everything just sucks and it's just yeah so neat how everything just sucks and sucks and sucks and sucks and then it's finally getting a little better and then all of a sudden it's modern day yeah
1: and and it progresses it seems to progress very slowly like they've got the candles and then they've got uh, maybe the whale lamps and they talk about slavery and then all of a sudden yeah it's like 1889 and things have really started to change and then it's like 1989 and man big change which is true 20th century i mean they they did that we had they went from horses and carriages and people walking everywhere and walking around with candles to electric lights indoor plumbing planes cars trains It, it was an amazing change about yeah huge buildings uh concrete buildings uh yeah, so it was uh, it was good, very good.
0: I like, too, I like that character, the Hobgadlin character, because he's, uh, he's so definitely not special, you know, like he's not any kind of a moral, upstanding person. He's just a dude, and, uh, you know, he spends the first literal little 200 years just eating and drinking and fucking. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then he becomes and a... he
1: goes through phases s- in his life, though. Right. Where he, there's at one point there, he's obviously got a lot of money. He's got the brocade suit on and um he's got money and then the next hundred years he's down and out and he's he's lost everything he's a real deadbeat again mm-hmm. and then you know, he moves on another hundred years and things seem to be looking up for him a little bit in
0: but then he's yeah so bad that he's a slaver at one point yeah but what i like is even though this guy he
1: made his money right
0: but i like that even though this guy is not at all an upstanding person or whatever but what he's got that dream does not have. Dream is just eternally dour and just what is my purpose? What is my point? Blah, blah, blah. Where this guy, even at that point where every second of eighty years sucked shit and he had nothing and he's like
1: Everybody's died that every, he knows and lo, oh, he's just down and out and he has nothing left but
0: even to the point that he's like starving but he won't die, that's yeah. how like it's
1: but it's I'm worse. Not done. I got he's got hope.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like I like that it's even it's worse than it Physically could even be for us, because we would at least starve to death. This guy can't even do that. That's how bad it was for him. And yeah he still doesn't want to die. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, and he has, and he has a real upbeat. You know, when they say, "Well, you know, do you want to live for another hundred Yes, I've got things to do. I've got places to go. He's uh, doesn't matter how bad it got. He's a real upbeat guy. That character.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of cool because, like, in a way, death is similar. Where the whole sort of joke with death is like we got this goth sandman guy and then when they introduce the sister here's the goth sister but she's perky and cheerful but that's more uh it's almost too cute a little mm-hmm. bit that death is this cute goth chick <laughs> where yeah. i like that hob he's a it's it's a similar thing of like we're gonna show you positivity in the face of tragedy but it's better with him. It's like, it feels more meaningful.
1: But I thought the death thing was okay because uh, she just approaches us as it's a job and death is part of life. And that's how she approaches it. Like, nobody is upset or she's not upset. People are obviously upset when their friends die and that. But the the people that she takes into the afterworld or wherever she takes them, um, you know, she's pleasant. She explains how... They're not alone. She's not alone. They do it together. It was kind of a nice presentation of death rather than horror and bloodshed and all this all over the place. And it was very subtle, too, how they did it. Like the soccer player that dies at the end, all we see is she, she approaches him and calls his name, and then you see his body way off in the distance laying on the field. And you only know that he's there because he has his orange shirt on.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was kind of neat how they how they did the the two
1: very subtle, very very, and and when one, the baby's one? in the crib, yeah, she th- just goes in and picks up the baby.
0: Yeah, There's the baby no
1: whining and crying or whatever with the baby, the baby is just picked up and she walks out.
0: And that's where, yeah, that's where I felt like, uh, yeah, like I can give some points to the people who made the show because they didn't. They cut before the mom comes in and screams yeah. at the crib. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't think they would. <laughs> and,
1: see, and see, the baby obviously died of a crib death, right. which is fairly common. And there's no explanation as to why it happens. It just happens. So they didn't, they didn't get into all this, oh, baby has died and why. And it, so that, I like that about it. This, this subtle subtle messages about how they did it. They just did it, didn't dwell on it. People just moved on.
0: Nice. And uh, and that's as far as I've watched. I haven't watched whatever is remaining of this season, but assuming they make more in the future, there's definitely some like high points in the comic that'll eventually they'll get to. Like one of them is that speaking of the 100 years thing, Death does a thing where every 100 years she just becomes a normal person for the day just just to better understand the lives of people or whatever. So that one is cool whenever they eventually get to that. And the only kind of downer is uh there's a really cool one where uh lucifer decides he's had enough of running hell and he shuts the whole place down he's like fuck this i'm getting out of here and uh and the whole kind of notion with hell is that you you're only there if you think you should be there you're only there because you want to flagellate yourself you know it's not actually any outside force and i just remember there's this part where everyone else has left hell every demon every thing one guy is still down there chained to a rock being tortured and lucifer's like buddy closing up you gotta leave and he's just like but i am the great gilgamesh i destroyed villages and the horrible things i've done and he's like man that was like a thousand years ago no one even remembers that place no one could even find it on a map (laughs) and it's like such a weird depressing thing of like you've been torturing yourself all this time and no one cares but the downside is when they get to that episode the only like the sandman is the best piece of casting and everyone else is like acceptable the only downer is lucifer in this show in the comic he was this really cool debonair dude they replaced him with some chick from game of thrones so i guess it's kind of well known and like i don't mind if they swap genders and change races and do whatever like why not but they just picked a bad person it's just feels like a different character so I'm just like oh that sucks when they get to that one story that I really like instead of the cool version of the devil it's this fucking shitty Game of Thrones actor (laughs) so that's unfortunate
1: They should have somebody like well maybe not it might be a little too dramatic but in that uh uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the devil in that one. I love yeah. him. I love him. <laughs>
0: but, but that is kind of more what he was like in the Sandman. I, I think they may even have, have pulled from that a little for Buffy, because later, after Lucifer closes Hell, he opens a cabaret, and like <laughs> very similar to uh, to both the Buffy devils, where there was the dancing one in Buffy and the karaoke one in angel the g- green-skinned oh, guy. oh
1: yes no i'm thinking i'm thinking of the of the buffy one right
0: but they're both kind of like that that, <laughs> that feeling oh. of yeah.
1: yeah yeah he was great
0: yeah it's really weird because the uh, salmon lucifer was much more like that and they just turned him into like just imagine an angry schoolmarm, just very boring bad oh. choice but other than that other than that yeah like it's i guess that that again like i said i haven't watched anymore that's the farthest i've gotten but uh yeah, it, it's a good sign, because this is a, where the show got good, but this is also where the comic got good. So even though the early episodes of the show weren't that great, the early issues of the comic weren't that great either, you know? Because <laughs> it's, like, just weird stuff of, like, he has, for no particular reason, because the rules to the same man don't mean anything, his power is in, he has a ruby, and he has a weird helmet, and he has some other thing, and he must quest to find them, and it's like, I guess but does it really need to take five whole episodes? <laughs> Whereas this one, on the other hand, in that one episode, they packed in all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, so that one was, if for nothing else, who knows how the rest of the Sandman show will turn out. Just that one, I'm like, oh, all right, I guess I am glad they did this because yeah. <laughs> that turned out all right.
1: Yes, it did. I, I I, as I said, pleasantly surprised.
0: Cool. So I guess if there's any more, uh, you know, home run episodes, I'll let you know. But yeah, that one, ten, 10 thumbs up. Good good stuff. Yeah. And again, it's like, if they had made a movie, the problem is if they made a whole movie where it was just Dream sitting around talking to people for the whole movie, people would, wouldn't have liked it, but it would be the best thing to do because that felt like the Sandman where him... Traveling around, you know, doing magical fights with people. This doesn't feel like the Sandman. (laughs) Literally, just sitting around and talking to a guy for 500 years is what the Sandman is about. (laughs) So.